0: Welcome, this is One Hour of Sunshine. I'm your host, Megan Joy Havarda. You can find all 15 episodes on YouTube, iTunes, or on my website, meganhavarda.com. We are filming this show out of the sandbox in Santa Barbara, California, a co-working hub for entrepreneurs and change makers. This show is for business leaders who are willing and open to admit that they use their intuition in business to make decisions, and to navigate their lives. This show will elevate and normalize intuitive skills in the workplace and allow such skills to be seen as great assets to companies, organizations, communities, and families. Our guest today is Peter Park, ultra athlete, trainer to Hollywood and music legends, private gym and training owner, author, and best of all, great husband and dad every show i share an intuition of the day it might come in meditation it might come in a dream or while i'm working out and i just said that because of peter (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but seriously without platinum fitness two blocks from my oceanfront home i would not have survived the last year with our crazy fires and debris flows platinum which is peter's business is a community checkpoint it is not just a private gym it is where people gather and improve themselves I was ranked in New England by USTA which is United States Tennis Association in high school A and B levels and I got great scholarships to Duke and Haverford the point is the zone raised me Peter Park has made a life and a career out of being in the zone I'd even be so bold to say that his wife Kelly lives in the zone as an ER nurse and an extreme athlete, as do their ultra-sportif kids. Mastering one's gift and owning them requires a practice of listening, deep listening, consideration, and implementation. Peter Parker, guest today, has designed his entire life around performance. That's the word that came to me when I thought about you and our time together. And we will ask Peter at what point his zone and performance served um, his life himself versus the people that were judging him. So at what point did you really get to know your own judgmental zone perfectionist voice versus the judgment that might have been coming outside from your family and you know somehow this man of many 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 siblings found his own way and his own path and it was because he could listen to himself so welcome Peter we want to hear your story
1: I'm excited <laughs> for, for <laughs> since I know you so well
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I work out at your gym I've worked with you and your wife as the adventure capitalists and you know helped you refine the business i mean you're a dear friend of mine it's really an honor to have you here
1: i'm glad to be here
0: (laughs) so um one of the questions that we'll get back to the other one it'll guide us back there when did you first decipher your ego versus your intuition. So oh, I'm going to do this willfully versus, you know what? I'm in the zone. This feels right.
1: I think I've always been intrinsically motivated Yeah. since I've been really small, really little. Yeah. And I, like you said, I grew up in a family of 12 kids. Yeah. You're the 10th? You I'm the 10th. Sometimes it's a great thing and sometimes it can be very dysfunctional. Right. So I think a lot of my athletics... I look back was a lot okay I need to get some attention here yeah so I I always worked harder than I mean ever since I was yeah I can remember worked harder than outworked everybody and that's where it got me a lot of where I came from now yeah but yeah I never thought about it like I don't know I think I wanted a little bit of notoriety but it was everything's always been very intrinsically motivated for me not yeah. so much like oh I want people to see how good I am
0: yeah And so I guess that when you're saying intrinsically motivated, you mean that heart connection, you mean that connection to source. And you know, it's interesting that since I started the show, this is the 15th episode, I've been looking at the vernacular in mass society. Like how does mass society reference intuition? You know, we all, Mm -hmm. oh, it's intrinsically, oh, my gut told me, oh, I had a hunch, you know, we, we mask yeah. it in these different ways. And really, if LinkedIn just said, oh, intuition's a skill, then we'd all say, yeah, my intuition told me. And it wouldn't be this, like, convoluted, I don't know, I'm not willing to take responsibility for it. No, it was I agree with hudge. you. Intuition's
1: yeah. huge on, oh, on huge. just not only on training and athletics, but yeah. business stuff and family stuff and everything. It's just, yeah. you got to... Really listen to yourself and go with your what your gut's telling you.
0: Yeah, and the ego is tricky. You know, the ego can say, but, 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 you should be afraid. You should defend yourself. You should protect yourself. Angle this way, and it's like, well, I've watched business do that. I've watched friends do that. I've watched relationships of friends try to navigate that way, and all it does is separate people. Well,
1: I and mean, that's gotten me in trouble many times. <laughs>
0: Well, Let's I actually have a question down here about that. Um, you know, and we should just get to it right now. So I, I'm i saying here, um, can you tell me about a time when you did not listen to your intuition and what happened? Because yeah. I could tell you a hundred stories. It's been
1: more than once.
0: <laughs> You're it's, human. In
1: business, it's been... You know people come to me and they go oh, we could make you huge and do yeah. these big business things and we get started and my intuition just goes mm, not happening yeah. i just yeah. something tells me it's not it's not right yeah. and then you know i get myself into trouble because they've invested some stuff in it and yeah and then it falls through but in the long run it's it's really what you know i'm more of a I don't want to say a loner but I I like the relationships with people. I don't see myself going pure business. Yeah. I like the day-to-day changing lives and yeah. and being with people and being in the trenches. I'm not a I've tried to see myself in, you know, just doing business stuff and writing programs and being and making a lot of money but it's, it never feels right.
0: Well, and it's so interesting. You know, I work with a lot of businesses right now. I'm the CEO of a company and I'm helping with an acquisition and merger, you know, it's, it's very much in my blood. But I was also a banker at Citigroup, so I saw all these different business models and I was the loan officer, I figured out how to improve everybody's business, but I could also see who was making money and who wasn't. And the thing that's happening with material resource um, being more I want to say harder to reach, more expensive, interest rates going up, cost of living going up. It's not the big companies that are actually making a lot of money. I mean, of course in tech, you know, Jeff Bezos makes 200,000 a minute, I think was the last statistic I read the other day. But when you really look at the individual's take home, in a way, you and I are in a very good position as business owners not working for a big conglomerate not trying to you know conquer the world we know our niche we know who we are we know what we're good at we know our clients intimately we know when they've had an accident or a poll or you know we just we're, we've got our pulse on our product which many times is our client and that is a huge asset because many global companies have no clue how no they're, how their customers are doing. They're looking at the bottom line. They're looking at the widgets sold. They're looking at the gross profit margin. So I'm just saying, I think as regional and local business people, we're in a very good position and we should be kinder to ourselves Mm -hmm. when it comes to, wow, I chose this path for a reason. It wasn't because I... Didn't want to go global. It was because I had a hunch about my skills and the intimate level that I wanted to impact people.
1: I agree. Yeah, and that's what I tell all my trainers: is you can be the best trainer, but if if people don't think you you care, it's yeah. it's you're not it's you're flat. not going to retain people. Yeah, and that's that's what I've been very good at: is is forming yeah. relationships, and they you know my clients become like family. Yeah, and it's it's not all about the training anymore. I mean, in my younger days it maybe was, but now there's, you know, the training in the gym is maybe 20% of it, if that. It's the sleep and the eating and the community. Psychology. Everything. It's a lot more. I tell the trainers it's... Chiropractics. Oh. Nutrition. Yeah. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) So it's a full body, and that's what i you know, I've matured a lot in the last 5-10 years just learning more, you know, because I've transitioned from... I've transitioned <laughs> from being kidding. this, you know, gnarly athlete to like, yeah. okay, yeah. I want to see my grandkids play. I yeah. want, I'm thinking longevity now. So I've dived, I've dove in pretty deep we, we and, uh, dive here. Yeah, into, you know, functional medicine and longevity. Yeah. And, and so that's been a huge passion of mine that yeah. I've been able to, you know, give to my CEO clients yeah, and educate them.
0: Well, you know, one of the questions and and it was at the end, but we can go anywhere because it's our time was you have all these amazing clients, you know, they're famous, they're wealthy, they're one, one hit wonders. They're all in between of all the clients and the, and the stay at home moms and the, you know, heavy duty working dads that travel five out of seven days a week. You know, what is one of the greatest lessons that you've learned from your clients about quality of life? Oh, uh,
1: that's big. Um, I know. well you could say, two. no, well for me it's, <laughs> it's learning. I mean, I don't like that word balance cause I don't know anyone that's in our position or any big business person has it, but you know, my kids are 18 and or 19 and 16 now. And I'm just like, whoa, you know, car, they're going to be both big out of the house in like three years. Yeah. And part of me, you know, if I could go back, I would be take a little more time and yeah. be home more and go on more vacations but you know i was always there for them but yeah but a little more and i i mean i have some of the you know i probably trained four or five billionaires and yeah. i see there is no balance in their life they're yeah. traveling they're i mean they're their kids you know they all they all tell me if they could go back they would they would do it a little differently and i think everyone does does that so i'm trying to right now hear that now to really be with my kids and if there's a you know if it's between you know missing a client and missing my kids games it's always gonna be missing the client now yeah, or yeah.
0: I just maybe five or years
1: ago I might not have done that yeah
0: I can relate I mean this show is dedicated to Teo, have a son you know he's my little mascot and my inspiration I put on a minion band day today cuz I got something frozen off you know I'm 43 you're 50-something. <laughs> And you know, I I have your book, I've read your book, I'm excited for all the audience to see your book and order it on Amazon. But it was really a resurgence of you just owning your vitality, not even about age, but just owning your vitality. And you gathered this group of men who most of them I know from the gym. I mean, they're all dads, they're working hard, they got the belly and you put them through this rigorous program to see what could happen like are there limitations can we resurge as right. amazing athletes at 53 25 whatever and i thought that
1: was well that's why i wrote it because <laughs> i just saw there's so much fluff in the in the yeah. industry and yeah. i just and gimmicks i wanted people to you know to learn how to do something safe yeah. a program where they yeah. could is pretty easy to follow it was you know, backed by science, and, yeah. and I've done it forever, so I know it works. Yeah. It doesn't take a ton of time, and if you do it, you're going to be better. Yeah. And give people a roadmap with everything, and not just, it wasn't just exercise, it was exercise, sleep, cardio, yeah. a full program that if they followed it, they are going to be better and do, and their life will be, you know, much more enhanced.
0: Yeah. I actually, so one of our very dear friends, um, the Kings, um, Kathy and Jeff King Jeff helped you with the book She had to climb a tree She had to get out of her car During a oh, massive yeah. debris flow And climb a tree Like thank god she was fit yeah, enough to, save her life. to pull it off And so you know as weird and morbid As it sounds I don't care But I've lived all over the world And I've had to escape really close Near death experiences mm-hmm. I've had three near death experiences So you know, the veil is very thin and if we want to bring our best selves, not only to our lives and our families and our communities, fitness is a major part of it. Mm -hmm. And you know, my intuition of the day has a lot to do with giving yourself the time to even connect to the zone. Because if you don't cultivate the connection, some people have to meditate an hour to connect. Yeah. Some people can connect in two minutes and I'm not judging either, but I'm just saying in a very bustling world with a lot of stresses that are external, if you connect in five minutes versus an hour, you're going to be able to respond better in the moment, which is, you know, back to that 360 degree awareness as athletes that we were talking about. I mean, I lived at one point alone in a cabin in the woods in New Mexico. And I was there for a year and I was 30 and I was deciding what kind of adult I wanted to be. You know, do I want to be an extreme athlete? Do I want to work all over the world in international development? Do I want to own a business? Do I want to be a stay-at-home mom? And I spent a year out there. And when you have very little human contact, which is almost like being a pro athlete, like you're training, you're in your head, you're in nature, you're quiet, that time to myself created 360 degree awareness where i could literally turn around grab a chipmunk out of my kitchen and just huck him across the yard not because i hate chipmunks but just because i was like you know it was my kitchen and he was rattling around in the nut drawer i was like you know and so i One of the things that interests me about you and about your training system and about Platinum is you really are teaching people to be in their bodies, but in an animalistic way. Like our inherent nature is to move. It's to stand. It's to bend over. It's to, you know, have our knees bent and move in a certain way that is much better for our bodies. People that sit all day at corporations and pound away on the keyboard and then drive two hours each way commuting, that's that's a whole other subspecies of oh. human being.
1: Well, that's the reality, though, with a lot of people. It's the reality. It doesn't and have so to be that way, though. I don't it think. doesn't.
0: And, you know, something I love about your book is anybody that's the road warrior, or traveling a lot, or flying a lot on airplanes, they can get the book, they can do three pages before bed and in the morning, and they will feel so much better.
1: Yeah. You talk about intuition. I have, you know, I've gotten, I'm not going to name names, but I have a client, you know, $7 billion, but like you talk about the zone, in, every, in business, he is in the zone. I mean, he yeah, opposite kills it with every company he does, every movie, whatever he does, but it's been figuring out that zone for him, for his life, for his health. I yeah. mean, he just doesn't, he's not in there. And that's a, the hard, it's easy for me to take him through workouts. He does fine, but there's a lot more to it. He yeah. doesn't sleep. Yeah. He doesn't eat right. He doesn't take the time. I mean, he can find the time to exercise. Anyone can if they really want to right. do it. Right. And so it's been an a, a interesting puzzle to figure out what, yeah. what you know, everyone's different that's yeah. what i love about yeah. my job everyone responds differently like yeah. what so yeah. i'm really just doing real small changes like for instance this week it's no sugar and you have to move 30 minutes a day that's it yeah. he's traveling in, in europe right now yeah and he's been great for a week and so it's just little steps with him some people will just jump in yeah and you know you got to know their personality so yeah. it's a it's a and it this is it's like a that's what I love about even with athletes it's it's a puzzle like okay what makes this guy tick what's going to get him to do things that he needs to do and get in that zone you're talking about because yeah. he's in every other part of his life his family he's in the zone but in the, in his own health
0: he's not in the zone yeah it's it's amazing we all i had a mentor um when i was 30 and in the woods for from about 29 to 32 and he's dead now but he said to me once he was a very big real estate mogul. And he said, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so I've really thought about that because when I look at the way economics are right now, and I look at how social family structures are right now and what's becoming normal, which is really bizarre. And I look at what grocery grocery stores have from that neighborhood to that neighborhood. It's not the same food. And so it's like, Well, how I do one thing is how I do everything. Okay, I believe that, but it's a more complicated world. It's a more complicated landscape now. So, you know, when I talk to clients or I talk to friends or family members, I really try to tune into their, just like you said, their exact parameters, their Mm -hmm. exact makeup, what do they have access to? What is the exact access to resources that they have? And then how can we create the most healthy thing around that? So, Peter, how did growing up in a large family, 12 kids, you're the 10th of 12, um, and getting obsessed with triathlons, refine your intuition, gut instincts, hunches, how how was that kind of the pressure cooker (laughs) of of what you became?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I think at the beginning, you know, when I was young, you know, it was great, we had Eight brothers and sisters at home. You know, there's always yeah. the older ones were because I was towards the end. A couple of them were out, but yeah. I remember, my brother-in-law went to Vietnam, so my oldest sister moved in with her, with her, with my niece, wow. and so it was. It was you know, I had a a pretty great childhood from you know till I moved here. Yeah, we were all very close. You know, it, it was like fairy tale down. I lived down in Corona Del Mar, Newport Beach. Yeah, so I mean, life was you know great but i always i don't know i always had this i don't know if it was from the family but from the time i was in like fifth grade had a a work ethic that just i don't know where it came from my parents and even my family just go where where are you coming from like why (laughs) you run hill sprints at you know 10 at night when we're on vacation and (laughs) just i I don't quite know where that came from you know who some sort of dysfunction with my dad who knows you know it could be You know, a lot. I've gone to therapy over it, so I don't know where it came from. But I had this incredible, almost obsessive work ethic, where it was almost yeah. irrational, where yeah, I yeah. it was almost not healthy. Where I would just outwork, I'd had to outwork everyone, and I just had to be. It wasn't, but it was always intrinsic. Like I said, it was always I just yeah. wanted to be the best I could be. Then we moved to Santa Barbara, and I think um, that's where you know my dad was drinking a lot and pretty much checked out when we got to Santa Barbara so but I
0: only you and your wife and no
1: it was just me and uh when we moved to Santa Barbara it was just me my little brother and sister
0: oh really yeah
1: wow. and that was in like 1978 how old age were I, you I was like 12 11 so very formidable years and with uh, your mom my mom and dad I mean oh you with them I yeah gotcha, yeah I gotcha. we moved up okay. um and then my, that's when my dad, you know, he quit his job and that was the, that was the end of it. He wow. just, it wasn't a, you know, a terrible, you know, mean, beat me up drunk, but just, right. Just not there. Yeah. And yeah. so I dove deeper. Not guiding or I advising. dove deeper into sports mm-hmm. and that was my escape. And I would, you know, back then there was no cell phones. I would leave the house and go to the beach when I was, you know, eight in the morning, not come back till seven on my bike, you know, ride 10 miles each way. Yeah train all day, just, I don't know if I was numbing myself or, but it was just, it was just, you know, uh, a defense mechanism, I think, when I was growing up, but it, it served me going into school, you know, I always did well in school, I always had that ability to, to grind through, and, and it wasn't the healthiest, I didn't, you know, I had friends, but I was, uh, all my friends were older, like they, like my Older volleyball friends, like, I, I was lucky to live with, like, you know, right next door to Karch and, and very uh, big volleyball players, so they kind of yeah. raised me at the beach, yeah. and I would just, I was just there all the it's time.
0: Huge Santa Barbara culture.
1: Huge back, even better yeah. back then. Back then, yeah. it was a magical time down there. Yeah. I mean, everyone... I've that, read about it. It was incredible. I mean, it was a, it was a very magical time to be in Santa Barbara down and
0: mm-hmm.
1: live down there and, and grow up down well, there. Well,
0: talk about boys' rites of passage. I mean, I... I called some dude in Ojai to come set up a rite of passage for Thanksgiving for my son who's not even four yet and our neighbors who are four and seven or five and seven. Cause it's like, where do we get real boys' rites of passage or young girls' rites of passage right. nowadays? Like sports is one of the biggest things. I'd be nothing without sports. Yeah,
1: I learned a lot Yeah, yeah. of teamwork and yeah. working with people and yeah, I mean that luckily I played volleyball. That was my first love when I was younger till you know right out of college but yeah, you you have to you know, you have to you it like cuz I'm a very insular person, you know, yeah. normally. So being around all my teammates and these older guys that it was it was a great way to grow up. I learned a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, and it also I sense it gave you, it gave me a real context to respect our elders. You know, nowadays people are like, but I'm the best blogger in the land. I'm yeah. like, well, uh, fine, yay. But where did you come from? And who did you learn from? And who were your mentors? And do you respect your elders? Because we have a huge elderly popu- population. And if we're not as a as a nation really thinking about elder care and and, you know, um health care and ev- and housing and everything that affects every stage of life, then
1: yeah, I think about all those mentors I had, and I've been lucky to you know make enough money where I can train a lot of these high school kids for right. almost free right and to mentor Very them important. is a huge thing for me,
0: yeah, because I they really
1: it. need that you know i some of the kids i've had for, you know they're almost out of college now. Yeah. And I, they come back every year, and, you know, it just makes me feel good I made a difference in their life. I mean, yeah. they still talk about those times. Yeah. You know, they'd call their dad, and they'd call me before their dad to get out of jail sometimes yeah. or whatever <laughs> if they got in trouble. <laughs> but I just like being that, you know, I try to always have that where I'm your mentor, I'm not your friend. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because
1: that was, t- I see some trainers get a little too, and then they yeah. go out with their clients, yeah. and they... You know, they buy, they drink with them, or will do whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just always tried to draw that line. Like, okay, you need to respect me. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm there for you, but I'm not your friend. Yeah, you know, it was right. almost like being, you know, you have to do when you're a dad. Yeah. yeah, because once they lose that respect, I, I, I see right away it, it, it gets troublesome.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I always say to my son or to to clients, it's like. I'm fatally flawed too. Like that's fine. Oh, yeah. You can show me everything. You can be a mess. I will help you clean it up. But you know, it's important that we have our privacy between us. Yeah. It's very there's something about that. So, um I have actually talking about people you've influenced. I've met people all over the country in my travels and business trips mm-hmm. and whatever that have listened to your CD and are now looking after your book and, oh. you know, you produce things over the years and, um, it just, it's really, it's nice to see you. It's very important to be regional and local, but now with the book and your past work with the CD, um, I think you've impacted more people than you even know. Yeah.
1: That's what, I mean, that's what I'd like to do. Just yeah. to, cause I've made so many mistakes and I see there's so much confusion out there in the fitness. industry with,
0: you know,
1: people just don't, you know, there's so many variables in America. There's, you know, there's jazzercise, there's this, there's that. No one knows, like, same with eating. Do I eat keto? Do I eat paleo? Do I eat vegetarian? Do I eat this? Well,
0: I've even noticed the refiner fine, like, I go to the cleanest, most amazing, organic Thai restaurant. I have a reaction to the sugar. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a little sugar in the tamarind sauce, and I feel like a crazy person for 12 hours. So it's, yes, uh, the cleaner you get, the more refined your diet and life has to be i mean i go to bed at 8 30. like i'm not a fun party girl (laughs) i'm asleep by 8 45. (laughs) yeah and to your point about that overwork ethic or massive amounts of energy or whatever you want to call it ever since the fire and the flood because i literally sat up in bed at the moment it was like three four in the morning where the debris flows were happening And I walked into my living room and I looked out at the ocean and I looked out to the right and there was huge red sky. I guess the transformer had blown something. And ever since that time of really feeling very close by natural disaster that was going to affect our whole community, I get up in the middle of the night and I do sit-ups and push-ups. And it might sound really stupid, but like, what do other people do? Like just lay there sweating and... Worrying, make a list like we just i think that people like you and i that are very very sensitive and you're a man so you have to package that in a certain way so you don't feel out of control whereas as a woman i can say oh this is how i feel and i feel a little emotional right now and i can say that but the anxiety when we notice in society contradictions that we can't necessarily fix ourselves I mean you look around you drive to LA how many times a week
1: four three or
0: four okay so you're witnessing this swath of whatever 200 miles you see the pollution you see the garbage you see the bad driving you see the accidents you see the drunk driver that's swerving I mean you see so much yeah just
1: last week I had the you know, the fires in Malibu, that brought back a lot of bad memories. I mean, driving down, it was just exactly the same smell, yeah, everything.
0: Yeah, and we all had friends down there. So it's like part of our work ethic is our intuition, I think, that is saying, okay, I was born on this time on the planet. Like, I want to own it. I want to be my best self. But this isn't adding up. Like, something mm-hmm. feels yeah a little loose, a little... You know yeah who's big brother now like who's looking out for so I just I want to connect that to intuition because some people are like oh intuition purple pillow what are you a Buddhist you know they can can it into this tiny little package and really it's about being aware of your environment
1: mm-hmm yeah
0: and then participating
1: <laughs> yeah I've gone through that just recently with uh, like I said that transition from you know, being a really gnarly athlete yeah. to, okay, I needed, I just knew in, in intuitively that my body, you know, didn't like doing that anymore. It just, yeah. I just, I fought it for a while, but then yeah. intuition went over. I'm like, okay, I got to switch over to a more type of a longevity program Yeah, yeah. where I worry more about my sleep and my eating and yeah. cut my exercise down. And I want to just feel better. I don't need to be this you know, elite performer anymore. It's like,
0: yeah,
1: why do I keep training like that?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and as a pro athlete and, and a competitive athlete, how did you even know that you had the ability to train others? That's a very, it's very different to be that guy versus the trainer, mentor, whole system, yeah, thinker that guy. That
1: came very naturally. I just, I just noticed whenever we worked out, I always made up the workouts. Like everyone, I was like, it was like, fun for you well i think there's chefs and sous chefs right and some people just don't want you know don't want to think and do it and other people's like i was always want to you know i'm not doing your work just if you want to do it i'm doing i was always confident like okay if you want to train with me you're doing what i'm doing i'm not doing what you're doing yeah so if you want to do it do it if not then forget it (laughs) do
0: as i say not no i just had confidence that i knew
1: you know i always studied more and, and knew and and so I was always confident in my abilities that I I still don't follow the trends really yeah. I, I pretty much if I have an intuition that I like for instance when I see a new method or a strength coach I, I it is it's a feeling like you said it's yeah. intuitive like okay this got this is real this is going to this is I could use some of this stuff. Yeah. Or some of it I just look at it and you know just intuitive I go this is BS. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. even bothering with this. Yeah. And that's what you see with Instagram so much. Yeah. Yes. Where people, you know, I still get clients once in a while like, oh, look at this exercise, you know, Kim Kardashian's doing. I'm like, you're 55 years old and you're not jumping on a box over hurdles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... Not it, on my watch. No, but people don't realize, you know, that Instagram, they probably took 100 takes of that to make it look perfect right, so they right. think oh every workout and every set they do is like that it's like that's what I do not like about I'm not a big social media fan yeah, yeah I mean me I either. see what it does to my kids and yeah. not my older son my younger one it's just the screen time is crazy yeah and it's there there's no you know I seen them you know, we've had, to, you know, me included, I've, we've had to like, okay, we're going to dinner, we're leaving our phones in the car. Yep,
0: absolutely. Because it
1: becomes, I mean, that the phones have been a big deal. Like, even yeah. with me, I, you know, with screen time, and i got to be careful with yeah. with stuff because it, it's that's been a, a new problem that I think uh, is going to create a lot of issues. In the well,
0: even vision, you know, and to be a good athlete, you need to have sharp vision and good balance and good peripheral vision and... All the screen time, I mean I on my phone, whatever version it is, right now I got a notice I wanna say Monday, about last week, which was, you know, a lot of vacation, mm-hmm. a lot of holiday. And I was down four hours on my screen time. Yeah. I was like, Yes Well, I've set mine where uh,
1: it cuts off after a certain amount It does.
0: Of time. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it improving our lives? I mean, Retrospect is always 2020, right? So we're kind of in it right now. Curious about social media. This show does Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Well, and you have
1: to as a business now almost. That's that's where.
0: Well, and I want to I want to make sure we're reaching every generation because we have very very different subcultures of human on the planet right now. Some of it have, some of it has to do with gender. Some of it has to do with decades and eras and generations and you know the older generations are on Facebook and the business communities on LinkedIn and the younger folks are on Instagram so I don't want to not participate in it and I want my guests to be fully exposed to it but the ultimate net net value in 10 years you know it remains to be seen yeah I'm not convinced so that's kind of interesting okay so did you is there anything about your own health that has inspired or refined how you deal with your 40, 50, 60-year-old clients? Do you
1: have five hours?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever yeah. you want to share, no. we can I've, always No, I've had a
1: lot of yeah. very bad, uh, you know, I had open heart surgery once. I had yeah. a stroke, yeah. uh, which was, was a congenital thing that really rocked my, you know, world. It was
0: how did you survive
1: the stroke well it was more of a tia they call it, like a, mo- a yeah. mini stroke where yeah. i was just i just ran a, like the fastest marathon i'd ever run like oh, i think God. it was under 230 and i was going out in the garage and i just my whole right side fell asleep couldn't talk couldn't you know went in to, to my wife a nurse went in there right. and she was so asleep wife is a nurse yeah and she but i you know i happened to be you know i had a five thirty a.m circuit class with all doctors <laughs> so I went to Starbucks I couldn't talk I was like Bleh. you know they knew it, th- and they they always know what I get so they just gave it to me but then it came back but then I you know went to the, the doctors of course made me go to the hospital and and uh, after I worked out really hard <laughs> and then which is uh, insane yeah That's and funny. then uh, we love you I had a a hole that was letting little unfiltered Mm. clots go through mm-hmm. up to my brain so that's where i had a little stroke and so i had to have open heart surgery and that was like oh you know it was the first yeah. mortality where i'm like okay i'm not superman anymore yeah and then had another one where i got staff in my knee and it Jeez. almost took my leg I've had staph. came strong. close to i mean i had six yeah. seven seven surgeries on that knee and, and they told me i'd never walk no not walk not what they told year me, was that was like six years ago mm-hmm. they told me i'd never ride a bike or run and you know me not that you might as well right. shoot me right right <laughs> But, um, you know, of course it, it turned out okay, but I learned a lot just from perseverance and yeah. not in believing in yourself and that, you know, yeah. positive thoughts can do a lot. Yes. I mean, never, you know, never think there's no hope because I've learned there's, yeah. if you're, if you want it bad enough, you can do a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, in a way your, your product for, for better, for worse is your body. And so I love the saying, we teach what we need to learn And so you've been out here teaching, mentoring these extreme athletes of 20 years old to, you know, CEOs and nobody really wants to discuss their mortality. Nobody wants to really think about decomposing or, you know, end of life. And as an athlete, you're very aware of the changes in the body. You know, I had a home birth, had an amazing, enormous child, no tears. Like it was perfect. I was back to work in two weeks and you know, I ate my placenta, like we're we're body people. We just like do yeah. the best thing for the body and other people can gag and be freaked out. But there's a real interesting part of, of American culture that's like, what, getting old? Old age? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm gonna look down my little periscope and hope I just avoid the whole thing and yeah. it's like, Really, I've lived all over the world and the elders have so much to share and their bodies have been they literally contain all that wisdom. Yeah. If you sit with an elder in India or Africa, it's funny you say that I noticed
1: notice that and when I went to Mammoth I spent a little time in the summer and just going in the gym, there's a bunch of really wealthy older people that live there. And these guys and women are amazing. I mean they're wrinkly, tan, fit. But they've lived, and they're vibrant, very happy with yeah. where they are, yeah. and very different than the LA culture. Yeah. where yeah. you know they're trying to fix every little wrinkle and every. These people are like, here's, I, here's who I am. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm I got money. I'm, I yeah. my body. I'm aging. I'm, I'm these impacting wrinkles. impacting
0: my community.
1: Yeah, and it, it it was just a you know just seeing those people is is inspiring to see people like that. That's yeah. how I would like to live. You know, but I see in LA it's very crazy.
0: It is crazy. And it's seeping into Santa Barbara.
1: Yes. Yeah, for sure.
0: Oh, Peter, thank you so much. Your wisdom and life experience is actually really grounding. Um, I just want to invite you. You don't have to do it, but if you would like to do the call to action, every show we have a call to action, and it's basically your gift to leave to the audience, an invitation of some kind. Um, so if you'd like to share something, go sure.
1: ahead. I always tell my clients, Okay, there's four things I want you to do in your in your life, health and fitness. Okay. Or actually just in life. Number one, okay, eat better. You know, treat your body better, eat stay off of processed food and sugar and you're eighty percent there. Yep. Number two, move more. It doesn't have to be a lead athlete, it's if it's a thirty minute walk, if it's right. Anything. Just move more. Move your body. You know, anyone. I don't care how busy you are. You can find twenty, thirty minutes to walk.
0: Yep. Up all <laughs> of. Three. Sleep more.
1: Mm-hmm. Try to get seven to eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll change your life. Yeah. It really will. Good. Number and then last one. Be be more mindful. You know, do some sort of meditation. Some sort of. Uh, I mean, I just, Dr. Gervais got me into meditation and I do it not only, I do it, I try to do it with, actually with my son, who's, okay, you know, who's good. very kind of ADD, who needs it to shut his brain off. We do it, like we stretch and then we, we have a little routine at night and then we do 10 to 15 minutes Excellent. of that. And then I actually use running now. I mean, I used to be a huge competitive runner mm-hmm. and running's now, I just go out with no headphones and listen and, and that's, and nasal breathing that i find that mm-hmm. so it's like you said earlier it's something you just put in your life not just sitting down for five minutes it's it's putting it into your yeah. daily sometimes when i'm driving i just i just listen to the cars and what's going on around and yeah. i can kind of get in and out of meditation all day long if i think about it yeah and i try to do i never did that before i was always thinking about something and you know that's what i get you know ever since i've been meditating. I sleep much better. I used to fall asleep and then wake up with all these things on my mind yeah. and I couldn't shut them off. But that's really helped out a lot. That's awesome. So just to have some sort of, and you know, I always like, I have a great community with my trainers and all my clients. I think that's a huge thing for people to have some sort of bond, you know, whether it's with CrossFit or, yeah. you know, some sort of bonding thing where you're interrelated and, and talking and, scene
0: and, and you have to show up
1: and yeah and just relating with each other and, yeah. and with a common goal yeah so that's you know I find that with the CEO guys just the being accountable is the biggest mm-hmm. biggest thing for them you know that's what I bring to them like all go, okay what did you eat today you yeah know? and you know when they know I'm gonna be doing that they're a little <laughs> more likely but yeah those four things I that's kind of what I base everything off of
0: Okay. The bonus round is going to be accountability and common goals. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank sure, you for was being fun. on this show. And, you know, audience, it's been a pleasure. It always is. Bye for now. This is Megan Havrida, your host of One Hour of Sunshine. We'll see you in a few weeks for our next show, showcasing Aurora Farms on San Juan oh. Island in Washington State, sponsored by the Honest Bison, an amazing... Um, procurement house for elk bison and venison the following week we're actually doing a special show with a gentleman i met over 18 years ago who is a massive conservationist and he will be at the un climate change conference in poland um videoing live and talking about the paris treaty so onward and upward thank you peter sure that was fun thank you all right